0: Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks, Morris. I am Marie, the SLP. Today, this episode is being recorded and coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Mark and I came out to spend some good quality time with family and uh, be super supportive humans um, to the ones we love, and we're happy to be here, but we're still getting some work done and today we have our August Q and A episode. So I'm going to answer some questions that came in throughout the month from all you lovely people over on the Instagram. Um, and yeah, why don't we just get right down to it? The first question is a fun one because being, uh, you know, in a traveling situation, I'm really not keeping up with this right now. But Rebecca, my friend from Psych to Be an SLP, asked for tips for cooking more. Or eating pre-made food less um well the first thing i would say that really helps me out is have a buddy you know it's really great to hold yourself accountable first and foremost but when it comes to um you know making sure that i'm cooking more and not maybe going out to eat a lot or eating less pre-made food it's nice to have mark there right alongside me we always cook dinner together on the nights we work out together And it motivates me to make sure that I'm eating fresh food throughout the week, fresh produce, all my favorite favorite veggies um, and things like that. So that's helpful. Uh, It's also really helpful for me to have a handful of recipes that you like and are easy to prep. So Sunday is kind of like my get my life together before the work week day. And so one of the things I do is I always go to the grocery store. I have maybe some recipes that I'm used to making in my head. One of my favorites is chicken shawarma. Um, and so we like to, Mark and I sometimes we'll make that together throughout the week, but I also like to have that chicken prepped, all those veggies prepped because I know the recipe really well. Um, another thing too, to go along with that is to have a variety of recipes so you can cycle through them week after week and not get bored. Uh, so I have probably like maybe six really easy go-to recipes and really what I mean by recipes is different ways to season chicken <laughs> We eat a lot of chicken uh, because it has you know really good lean protein for us and so that's that's our protein go-to but you can you know if you're um, vegan or vegetarian or things like that there are ways to season different things your different proteins, and change it up throughout the week. So that way you're not like, okay, I'm really tired of, you know, like we season a lot of stuff with cumin, but sometimes I'm like, okay, no more of this. Let's switch it up. You know, let's do a little barbecue style or whatever. Um, and same thing with the vegetables. I, I like a good salt, pepper, garlic, but sometimes I want a little, you know, I want a little zing in there. Um, and so one of the things that's really helped get my vegetable flavoring going is cocoa aminos. Uh, if you haven't heard of cocoa aminos, go there at Sprouts, they're at Trader Joe's, you can find them at Ralph's, any grocery store I'm pretty sure has cocoa aminos, Are basically a soy-free soy sauce. Um, so good, makes a lot of uh, vegetables and even meat or protein taste really, really great. So those are some tips for you. Um, also, if you're trying to eat like pre-made food less, or maybe less processed foods or so- something, but for me, you know, throughout the week, sometimes I'm like, I'm I'm a girl on the go. I have to I've got to get this together and I don't really have a lot of time to cook. Stock your fridge with some turkey, some really, you know, maybe organic deli meat and some celery and cucumbers and hummus and you can pack a really quick and easy lunch and some snacks uh, that aren't, you know, not forcing you to go and find a drive-through or even go and get a pre-packaged box from Starbucks. What are those like protein boxes? All right, so that's, that's my food spiel. Um, We're going to go into the next question here. This is uh, from the username is Bria. uh, And this is asking for brand new uh, Slippa tips. Now, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Slippa is what we California SLPs call our assistants, um, our SLPAs or speech language pathology assistants. Now, I will also say I'm super grateful in California. I do uh, being a school based SLP. I have Uh, the ability to have a Slippa. I know that's not the same in all states, but I have worked with amazing Slippas and I just can't shout their praises enough. I'm so grateful for them. My Slippa actually that I have right now once a week is, she is coming through for me because I am uh, currently not able to be at work and I'm so grateful for her. So here, I could go on and on, by the way, all day about Slippas and how amazing they are and uh, maybe some um, tips for being brand new but i'm going to give you kind of a little outline okay um and these things can go for slps too by the way these uh, i look at slippers and slps as a team as a speech team and so you know the things that i would give slippers tips for are the same things i would give other slps or myself uh for so the first thing that's really huge is to be teachable but be assertive and what i mean by that is you know, you've learned so much and you are so capable of doing so many great things. But, you know, when you go into a new partnership, I guess you could say, with your supervising SLP, they're going to have a different way of maybe doing things than what you're kind of going and thinking about. So be teachable, be willing to, you know, be flexible and do things. Um, maybe a little bit differently than you anticipated. And also just be willing to learn and not even just from your supervising SLPs, but willing to learn from your clients or students or whoever you're servicing because they're gonna be some of your best teachers. So go in with that open mind, be ready to learn more because you're gonna learn more. I'm learning more, I'm in year four and I I still feel like I have to be so teachable. Um, And it's really good, it's really great. It's helped me grow a lot as a human and as an SLP. But you know, you do have a lot of great skills, so make sure you're assertive and you share your ideas for different therapies. Um, you know, if you think that a child really could be working on their S- blends or something and they're ready, let your supervising SLP know be assertive because you have, like I said, a lot of great skills and a great foundation from all the schooling and all of the client interactions you've had and different externships and things like that. So you know, speak up, don't be afraid, but definitely be teachable, Um, be flexible. That's another great one for all of us, right? Okay, my slipper right now, I think she has three speech pathologists that she's assisting. So she kind of floats around throughout the week and we each have a day with her. She's amazing and she's so, so open-minded with our three different styles. Um, She's also very assertive and she asks questions and is always willing to work as, like I said, a speech team. We are a team. And I know sometimes it's difficult with, you know, different supervisor supervisee relationships and not all SLPs have that same perspective. But I think going into that, willing to learn from your supervisor and share your ideas is so great. Um, You know, with this, you can be a part of the session planning because, again, you do have great ideas, so share them and don't be afraid. If you notice something really working for a student or a client, say something and help implement that consistency. Um, I love 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 when my slippers take the initiative and show that they can plan something. Um, especially when you know my case management duties, like paperwork and IEP meetings and stuff, are kind of heavy. It's really nice to be able to say, "Hey, you know what? Can you plan the session, or can you plan the week, or you know things like that." And on that note, when I'm writing progress reports and goals, it's really great to have my slippers. Um, collaborate and feel confident in sharing what they think a goal could be. I, like I said, use that speech team kind of to my advantage because my slippers see a different side of the kids sometimes or they see um, things in the classrooms when they go to pull the kids that I don't see because I'm not there in that room. So it's really helpful to have that uh, relationship, have that good back and forth and that comfortability. Um, one last thing for this that's really huge and I learned this from a really great slipper a couple years ago don't be afraid to ask for support. This is something that one of my great, well, she's a friend of mine too, but she was my slipper at the time. She taught me was that, um, you know, she she brought basically something to my attention. I had scheduled her in kind of an overwhelming way with a lot of back-to-back sessions that were just a lot. And she was able to sit down with me and talk to me about it. And I'm so grateful for her saying that because, You know sometimes as the SLP I have a lot going on and my flippers do too but when I schedule their sessions I don't always it's not always at the forefront of my mind and I want to be better at that but um I definitely appreciate her saying hey you know Marie I would I would be able to probably get through the day a little bit easier if we rescheduled some of these kids and put them in different groups or didn't have these certain groups back to back. Um, And so I loved that. And now I try to include my slippers as as much as I can in scheduling, so slippers, you know, be open to helping with the schedule too. All right, so I hope that was some great information for you, brand new slippers. Congratulations to you, good luck. Um, We're gonna move on to the next question. This one, I had to look this one up. This comes from Lindsay and she asked about starting a private practice after um, obtaining your master's degree. So, I consulted our favorite friend, Google, um, and Google took me straight to the American Speech and Hearing Association, where they they basically state, and I'm going to read what their statement is, and I'm also going to link this page from ASHA in the notes, but they basically say there is no special level of ASHA certification or state licensing to engage in speech language pathology and or audiology private practice. Uh, ASHA certification and state licensure where required is sufficient for private practice of either profession. State licensing information is available on ASHA's website. Um, An occupational license may be required at your city or county level in order to operate a business. So check with your local government. And we all know this, I'm sure, Um, every state is different. And I know when I was in grad school, they always taught us whenever we're looking into, you know, the ASHA versus state requirements for different things, you always defer to the state, so just keep that in mind too. Um, Asha also states that if you are an audiologist planning to dispense hearing aids, check with your state licensing board to determine if your state requires that you also be licensed as a licensed as a hearing aid dealer. Um, what a what a cool uh, cool title! I'm a hearing aid dealer. Anyways, uh, basically what that sounds like to me is that you can get. or you can start a private practice once you have certification through ASHA and your license. So when you first start uh, in America, in the United States, you are a clinical fellow. It does not sound like you would be able to start your private practice straight out of grad school. You'd have to complete that supervision year. Then you can start because then you'll have your your Cs, your certification of clinical competence, and you'll also have your state license. Um, You'll go from being on the RPE to the SP. I think that's, those are the different letters. (laughs) Anyways, so it sounds like, yes, you can once, so that year after grad school. um, And then after that, just depends on, you know, you might need to get a business license. Um, There might be different requirements. Like I know California, it seems really hectic to do, but it's definitely something I want to look into one day. Um, So I hope that answered your question. Again, I'm linking that in more information into the notes for you. All right. Okay. And I'm going to come to our last question here for this August Q&A. Rebecca, a different Rebecca, asked about starting a speech-related Instagram. Okay. So I just completed, and I'm so excited to share this with you because it worked out perfectly as far as timing goes. I just completed a blog post on Um, you know, just a few of my, what I've learned about Instagram and how I've grown a community on Instagram. And when you're, I love that this question is very specific to a speech-related Instagram, because when I started my Instagram, I was like, I don't know what this is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be about, you know, my life and lifestyle, if it's going to be just really cool pictures, if I'm going to talk about my, you know, journey as a speech pathologist. And so it's turned into this really fun um, kind of, uh, melting pot of all the things I love to do, but the speech-language pathologist community is by far one that I've found to be just so supportive, and I've made so many genuine connections with speech pathologists from really, I could say, all over the world now, because I've met, you know, speech pathologists in India and Canada and uh, Australia, and so, yeah, it's been it's been really fun. So my best advice to you Uh, Rebecca is to add value start there and the way you can do that is offer your time offer your expertise to your followers and community you know if you have something and one of the ways I found this really easy to do is I might have a therapy session with a student and I write it down really quick and at the end of the day when I'm you know on the on the old Instagram I might talk about it and talk about oh my gosh it was so interesting guys this is what I learned this is what I'm gonna do next time Because those kinds of things, those quick, maybe a story about it, right on my Instagram, those things, you know, you might connect with an SLP who's like, I've been looking for this idea. Thank you so much. Um, And that'll only inspire you to either keep doing it, it might inspire you to make a product that you can offer, um, which is also really good. So find, you know, ways that you can add value. And it could be as simple as a quick story about something you learned that day, it could be, um, you know, you have a really great, you maybe made a a digital activity. We're all in teletherapy now, so now's your time really to shine and find ways to make those digital activities because I'm looking for them and I know a lot of SLPs are. Um, And so, you know, if that's something that you have any level of expertise or wanna try out, go for it and offer it, you know? um, You might do a giveaway with it, you might send it to some people and, And say hey what do you think of this get feedback for it or you know share it with everybody whatever works for you and you find to be the most valuable but um, offer your offer your expertise offer your time when people message you you know I love getting messages and questions about how to implement things in therapy or or um, you know even just quick support you know hey I love I love that post, and then we have a little conversation. And so, just respond to your community is what I'm trying to say. Stay engaged with them, listen to them, um, and offer you know advice. Also, another really great way to do this is ask questions, ask for feedback. Like I said a little bit ago, but if you're posting about something on your feed, in your caption, have a question that people can answer. Maybe you've been wondering this for a long time, and it's like. Why not try and see what other people are doing in that moment? You'll get so many great responses and you'll get so many great perspectives. And that's what I love about that platform. Um, you know, when you answer questions, like I said, when you're responding to people, go in depth um, and give, give ideas and offer, just offer, offer, offer. Offer everything uh, that you have, that you feel would add value to this community. And uh, you'll see it'll it comes back tenfold Um, and then also i'm going to link that blog post for you because that has way more in-depth information about kind of how i structure uh and how i maybe would prioritize all the different ways to build that following and that community all right so that is the end of our august q a wow i kept it under 20 minutes that's amazing um Thank you guys so much. As always, if you have questions for me and want to be have your question in this Q&A episode, we'll have a September one coming soon, I'll be posting about that on Instagram. So just stay tuned with my stories. But if you ever have, you know, burning questions and you're like, where's your question box, Marie? Feel free to DM me at thanksmorris on Instagram. Another really great way to do that, which is also linked in my notes, is head on over to thanksmorris.com and you can click that link right now in the notes. Uh, And it'll take you straight to my Join the Conversation page where you can put in your question in a box and it'll email me. And then if you want to come on the podcast or nominate someone to be on the podcast and feel like you have something really valuable to share with us, uh, you can do that there too. So, you know, just some fun little things for you. Other than that, I hope you're having a beautiful day and continue to have a beautiful week. And I will see you or well, I will talk to you next Tuesday. Have a great one, friends.